The Miami Dolphins prospect spotlight series continues with TCU offensive guard Steve Avila, who he is, where he fits, and where the Dolphins would be able to grab him for the 2023 NFL Draft. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes alongside Joe Marino. You can find all of the Locked on Podcast Network on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Special shout out to the everydayers who check in on a daily basis because it is your team every day. Here on the Locked On Network, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com NFL60 and use promo code NFL60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. TCU guard Steve Avila, the subject of this conversation here on Locked On Dolphins. Uh, interior offensive line is the last formal stop on the prospect spotlight series. We've done a number of them already. Avila's the first one that we are going to talk about here on the show because as things currently stand, and I still have to do John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, there will be some players that potentially have something to say about this when it's all said and done. Avila's my top-ranked interior offensive lineman. Uh, he scored very well in the evaluation process. And even though he might not be the stereotypical wide zone looking body type or athlete, I think this is a highly proficient football player who would provide an upgrade opportunity on the offensive line for the Dolphins for sure. So let's start with who Steve Avila is. He's from TCU. Uh, He was a four-star recruit by ESPN, was ranked as the number nine guard in Texas as a recruit and the 136th ranked player as a recruit out of the state of Texas. He chose TCU, according to his bio, over Kansas State and Utah, proceeded to redshirt his true freshman season in 2018. And in the time that has passed since, he's been a three-year starter for the Horn Frogs. And he started at four different spots along the offensive line, which certainly grabs your attention. This past year, he started the entire season at left guard. He started games at center. He started games at right guard, and he started games at right tackle. I think he's an interior exclusive player at the next level. If we're being honest with the athletic profile, I don't think he's, he would make too strong of a living on the outside as a tackle, but this is a really, really physical and dense football player who wins the point of attack with a great deal of consistency. And that was one of the things that really struck me about him. He came into the NFL combine with a really stocky build. Uh, weighed in at 332 pounds, but did that in spite of being uh, six foot three and five eighths of an inch. So 30th percentile for guards since 1999 for his height, and 89th percentile for his weight, uh, and then uh, a 33 inch arm length for offensive guards is 35th percentile. So uh, very condensed build, but a lot of mass, big barreled chest, heavy hitting torso, um, and that power translates for sure, and it's a testament to 28 reps on the bench press, the 67th percentile at the NFL Combine for offensive guard-specific players. Uh, now, he's, from an athletic profile perspective, 
I would grade him as a sufficient athlete. I wouldn't say you're you're not going to watch him in space or firing off the ball and be overtaken or or awed by the raw athleticism. And I think that meshes with his his athletic testing. You know, there's some above the 50th percentile and there's some below the 50th percentile. But uh, Steve Avila for me really comes down to fundamentals, instincts, angles, power, anchor versatility. Those are all boxes that he checks in my mind uh, for an NFL draft prospect who was a little under the radar coming into the year. And it it certainly felt like uh, Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, was that brand of player as 330 plus pounds, wide body, kind of mauler at the point of attack. Torrance was generally considered to be the top guy as that kind of interior offensive lineman all throughout the process. But I'll tell you right now, I'll tip my hand, I like Avila better than Osiris Torrance. So if you're going to tell me Osiris Torrance is going to go in the first round for a team that needs a guard, whether that's the New York Giants or the Detroit Lions or somebody else, but Steve Avila would be there at 51, I'd make a case for the Dolphins you're getting a better player anyway. Um... Both likable players. I have day day two, early day two grades on both players, and I don't want to get too far down in the weeds on what I've graded Avila at and put the car before the horse here. But uh, team captain for TCU, obviously you got a chance to see him in a couple of very high-profile matchups towards the end of the season because they played in two college football playoff games. They played against University of Michigan with Mozzie Smith, and that was a movie. If you've got some popcorn and want to sit down and entertain yourself, Avila versus Mozzie Smith was two bighorn sheep clashing skulls together, Uh, and then they played University of Georgia, which of course is just uh, an embarrassment of riches on the defensive front, and they have been for several seasons now. So uh, some really good looks. If you want to know, if you're concerned, okay, you know, they played the Baylors of the world, they played Texas. I thought Moro Ojomo, who's a player that we've talked about on this show a little bit, uh, tested him a little bit with initial penetration and length, um, but I thought he passed the Michigan game with flying colors. Uh, I thought he performed as well as you could hope against T- uh, against Georgia with how that game script went when it just became, oh, the, the dogs were just rushing the passer relentlessly because that game got out of hand very quickly. So uh, I, I think you can look at the quality of the opposition that he played this season with this kind of being the exclamation point on his college career and what has been a pretty steady rise. He went to the Senior Bowl and was a participant there and looked really good there too. So Steve Avila is somebody for me who, you think about the pre-draft process, I think he's cleared all the hurdles and helped himself in addition to having really strong tape uh, this past season at TCU. Now, um, we're going to talk about some of the specifics on tape on what I saw. But before we do... uh, Peanut butter puffs have dropped over at Built.com. Built.com, Built Bar is the protein bar that you didn't know you needed in life because it is a life hack amongst life hacks. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. They're absolutely delicious. It's like eating a candy bar. And they are doing a limited time drop of peanut butter puffs as their newest flavor right now at Built.com. And it's, uh, it's one of those things where if you wait... You're probably not going to get it. So head over to Built.com. Use promo code 
Locked on 15 to save 15% off your order and pick up a limited time box of peanut butter puffs and thank us later. Avila, um, from a scheme perspective, the general narrative that's going to be out there with Avila is, oh, he's not athletic enough to play in a wide zone system. You have to have this lateral mobility. And I would argue that Avila does have it. Now, he doesn't have the greatest of gravitational pulls of offensive linemen that we've evaluated in this pre-draft process. But the fundamentals of which I've, I'm grading offensive guards, the traits, uh, there's a lot of overlap with offensive tackles. The difference is just playing on the interior. There's a different set of A-tier slash premium qualities that I'm looking for. Lateral mobility, for what it's worth, is one of them, and I graded Steve Avila as sufficient in that category. It's not going to be a hallmark trait of his. Football IQ and balance were the other two premier traits. Uh, power at the point of attack, ability to block in space, pass protection, versatility, anchor ability, gravitational pull, and hand technique. Those are the fundamentals that I'm looking for from offensive linemen in order of importance in this system. And, and if you're curious how the Dolphins' current roster stacks up to that criteria, Connor Williams and Robert Hunt are both 88 out of 100 points. Quality starters. Lee Meikenberg, your third penciled-in starter right now, is a 70.74. So if you're looking for a good op upgrade opportunity... The guy that's your third best interior offensive lineman and probably isn't your third best interior offensive lineman if we're going to put Robert Jones into that conversation and potentially Dan Feeney, who the team obviously thinks somewhat highly of considering they're paying him $3.5 million this year. That seems like a good spot to look. For Avila, I thought he had a number of elite qualities. Anchor ability. And that's in large part because he's 6'3 and 330 pounds. When he decides to sit down his hips and he's got a wide base, you're not going to collapse him. It's, that's just the physics of football and leverage and low man wins. And power at the point of attack. I thought he was highly adept at moving bodies on the interior against their will. When he is blocking back, hitting back blocks, and you're either pulling or you're, you're running zone or trap, whatever else, when he blocks back, it's a brick wall that you can divide all of the defensive flow behind that and say, if it's on the line of scrimmage, if it's on the same level of the defense as where Steve Avila is hitting the back block on, it ain't getting past that. Because when he's got an angle on a block and he's sealing, it is highly, highly effective. Now, they did run more gap concepts and power and pulling Avila, and they ran some power pass, which the Dolphins did last year with Robert Hunt at times. I did it with Liam Eikenberg too, but uh, Liam's ability to get attached to guys in space is a really sore spot. So if they're going to emulate play-action passing and they are going to play pass uh, power, where they will fake to the back and they will pull the guard to try to influence the linebackers and then hit middle-of-the-field targets behind them, usually the puller, their responsibility is to get the end man on the line of scrimmage. And too often when it was Liam Eikenberg, you'd see him pull, get his eyes up, react to flashing color, and his base would break down and he would not hit that player. Um, you do see some of that with Steve Avila, but I think that's, that is more 
range as compared to it happening too fast. And I think that's a testament to Liam lived on the outside at Notre Dame and was a starting tackler. Avila has played all the spots, cross-trained all the spots, but the vast majority of starts have come inside where when you're working in space, you have a little bit, or when you're pulling in an instance like that, you probably have a little bit more intuition and feel of what that pull should look like versus if you're actually pulling to wrap up into the hole or if you're pulling to kick out on a lead concept in the actual run game. So I see some overlap with what Avila did at TCU from a pulling perspective and how it could complement the Dolphins, but uh, I think the name to invoke here, not as a comp, but as a player and an example of a player who didn't necessarily have this prototypical skill set athletic athleticism-wise to play in this system is Lakin Tomlinson. And Lakin Tomlinson was a former first-round pick, very much considered a gap-power type player, goes to San Francisco, plays guard there, ends up signing like a $14 million per season free agent deal with the Jets to stay in the same system, but he did regress this past year versus playing in San Francisco next to Trent Williams. But if you you have this mastery of angles and you can be physically overwhelming, you can work in this system and you could be effective in this system. So that's where I look at Avila and I get optimism of, yeah, the, the, the elite traits that I graded him in were his anchor ability and his power at the point of attack, but I gave him great scores for his football intelligence, which is just instincts in general, identifying pressure, identifying pass-off opportunities, his angles in space, so on and so forth, how well he knows how what his own range is, pass protection, and hand technique. Really strong hands, uh, really active to clamp, and once he clamps, uh, he's very difficult to... to press and get clear off your chest and deconstruct the blocks. So um, the the overwhelming resume for Steve Avila is good, or I should, I should say great or elite, and then you have good balance, you have good versatility, you have good gravitational pull. I wish he was a little bit more dynamic. That would help his gravitational pull as far as staying attached in, in extended situations. His blocking in space is sufficient and his lateral mobility is sufficient. If this was a tick better consistently across the board as an athlete, this would be a slam dunk bona fide first round pick into your offensive line. But he's not. And because he plays offensive guard, there's a positional value debate that's going to be had with Steve Avila, which I think makes him a very feasible player for the Dolphins to kind of soft circle and say, hey, if we like this guy, and I'm projecting that they would, there's a conversation to be had about Steve Avila being the right selection for the Dolphins in the 2021 NFL Draft when he, they are making their selection and he comes on the board. I will say this, versus the last couple of position groups that we've done, linebacker, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, um, I already have a better feeling about having multiple opportunities on the interior offensive line. And again, from a positional value standpoint, that's where this conversation has the potential to get very interesting. Because if you were to ask who are projected to be the top interior offensive linemen off the board, some may say Joe Tipman, who can play center from Wisconsin. Some may say John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, although it sounds like he's lost a little bit of gas coming out of the Senior Bowl. Uh, Osiris Torrance. There's a world in which Steve Avila is the fourth interior offensive lineman. And you, you probably won't get a single one 
before 18 at the absolute earliest with Detroit. And even if you got one at 18, I think your ceiling's probably two in the first round altogether. And then you're going to run on tackles. You're going to get a run on corners because the corner class is super deep. Like the numbers game starts to add up here where I think Avila is a very realistic option for the Dolphins. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about how he graded out versus the other players that we've graded across the board at all the positions as we get ready to put a bow on this prospect spotlight series. But this is one to be dialed in on. Uh, I'm highly interested in adding Steve, Steve Avila to the mix for the Miami Dolphins. He came out from a grade perspective as an 84. So uh, as the point of reference, Connor Williams and Robert Hunt, as already established NFL players with an NFL grade, were an 88 out of 100. Now Avila at the college level, playing in the Big 12, but getting Georgia and Michigan kind of gives you a little bit better sense of confidence on who this player actually is um, at an 84. So this is a strong grade. You know, this is a top 16 grade amongst all the players that we have watched, and we're at about 60 players. That includes Jalen Carter, B. John Robinson, Darnell Washington, Paris Johnson, Dalton Kincaid, Tommy Atabore, Jack Campbell, Jameer Gibbs, Dewan Jones, Matthew Bergeron. Those are the top 10 that I've given out out of all of the positions we've covered for this exercise. And Skoronsky, first-round guy. Sam Laporta, potential Dolphins pick. Broderick Jones, first-round guy. Brian Brzee, first-round guy. Mozzie Smith, Steve Avila. That's it for players 84 and above. So he's in very, very, very healthy company as far as an evaluation and how good this player can be. I think the floor is high. And... I don't want to mess with his weight too much because I think part of who he is is his functional strength and his anchor and his, his center of gravity and his body mass. But you can always trim a guy down and hope to get a little bit more athleticism, and he has a surplus of mass on his frame. He has a surplus of anchor. He has a surplus of power. If some of that can become more lean body mass, you might even get a more dynamic player. And if that's kind of the objective where... If you were to draft Steve Avila and give him a target weight to come into training camp at, and it's 10 pounds lighter to see what that does for really firing him off the ball and, and having a little bit more ability and space from an agility standpoint because the center of gravity is there. It's just the foot fire has to be a little quicker. Um, I He's on my list for 51. We're doing the short list right, of predictive players who would be available at 51 that you would advocate for. Um, an 84 grade for Steve Avila, I will say this too, is definitively the biggest individual upgrade from an incumbent starter to a potential plug-in other than tight end. Because tight end's got Darnell Washington as a player on that list, and he's about 17 points higher than <laughs> Durham Smythe. So um, those jumps at tight end and into your offensive lineman, and it makes sense, right? Those are non-premium positions, so you have a higher probability of better prospects surviving later into the draft. But I'm not turning my nose up at a non-premium position if it means I'm drafting a better football player at this stage for the Dolphins. They got studs at premium positions. They got Teron Armstead. They got Tyreek Hill. They got Jalen Waddell. 
They got Bradley Chubb. They got Jalen Phillips. They have Jalen Ramsey. They have Xavier Howard. Like, those are your traditional non-quarterback premium positions. They've got the premiums, the, the, the hard-to-get stuff other than right tackle, they've got taken care of. So go get a good player who's a better player who's available because he plays guard or he plays tight end. As I'm sitting here looking at these opportunities, this is something, this, this is a theme that I am now rounding into form as I have done the process on one, two, three, four, five five position groups working on my sixth. That's my belief for the draft. And we're going to finalize the draft board by early next week. So, food for thought, Steve Avila, TCU Horn Frogs, strong candidate for 51. I was excited watching this guy play. I think there's pleasant versatility. You make peace with the athleticism and say, yeah, you know, he's not really going to get outside the numbers and pick off a bunch of stuff for you. But then again, I, I also thought some of that to some degree for Robert Hunt watching him at Louisiana. It's like, oh, well, he's not a super dynamic tackle, so kick him inside, and he's never going to be a dynamic player for it. Robert Hunt gets it done, and Robert Hunt's another big-body guy. So um, pleasantly surprised. By I, I was expecting to say, yeah, I like Avila. If I was grading him for all 32 teams, uh, he'd, he'd be a little bit higher grade than what he was for the Dolphins. But I think the football intelligence and the polish that he plays with, how good his center gravity is, how well he moves people against their will, um, how proficient he is in a lot of the fundamentals of the position, this is a pretty easy sell for me. And it's it'd be an upgrade for the Dolphins, and there's no doubt about that. So... Uh, make sure you keep it locked in here on Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day. We got more podcasts coming your way tomorrow as we continue working through the interior offensive linemen. I'm Kyle Krabs. Appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Shout out to the everydayers for staying plugged in on everything that we are doing here on Locked On Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. That's going to do it for us today on the show. Make it a great one. Talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace.